my name is Alquincia Selawane, and I am the founder and CEO of the Black Virtual Mall. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, let me get that out. I have Alquincia, who, if we're talking like Metaverse and Web3, when you go to her website, the blackvirtualmall.com, I see the future. And, you know, I just can't wait for her to, like, get that great, just big, you did it, because I see you guys going to be able to spend your crypto, your fiat, whatever you have in this mall. So, Alquincia, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Let us know just because there's so much in your site. You put a lot of time and I know it was a lot of money, a lot of kwacha, uh, if you're in Malawi, uh, put into this. But like, when did you get this idea and how long has it taken you to, you know, get to where you're at right now? So the idea is really cumulative in terms of the space and the solutions that I provide. So throughout my entire time here, my presence really like on Instagram, I've always made sure to promote and as best as I can expose Black businesses to my audience. Um, so in various things that I've, I've done, I've created marketplaces. So like on my Aconundrum app, for example, I have a business to business directory. So that's always like hand in hand in what I do. So for me, it was a natural sort of a flow and a solution. And it really was birthed out of COVID in terms of this particular venture, um, seeing how many brick and mortar companies black, black owned were shuttered and closed and how many of us struggle in the digital space. So it was to me just a common sense solution, taking what we already know and what's relative in terms of the mall and the convenience and you know the things that helped the mall help small businesses with in terms of exposure and just bringing it to um, a modern day uh, graphic user interface. Okay, and so you know, to put all this together on the website, are you a programmer, front end, back end? Do you do it all or do you have a team of people? No, team. I'm definitely a non-techie person. Um, that's, that's the, I get that question a lot. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm 100% non-techie because, of course, I've had to learn a lot over the years. But in terms of that part, that part no, I'm really consumer facing. Um, my degrees in sociology, psychology, my study and my emphasis is on consumer psychology. So that's really the field that I, you know, I walk in. But um, as you know, nowadays, there's so many things that you can get done relatively easy. Um, the tech is there, the, the people are there, you know, the platforms are available for you. So you can really execute your tech idea, even if you're not a coder or you're not into that space, someone can actually bring that vision to life for you. They can. And what a, I hear from a lot of entrepreneurs who have started, but they're just not there yet, whatever that is to them. They say, you know, and, and they come to me, a consultant and somebody who does a lot for people. They say, but it costs so much. I feel like I'm going to need a venture capitalist or a vulture, um, as we like to call ourselves. So like how, I mean, your site, there's a lot of components. If you ask somebody, a developer to create this site, they're telling you, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, um, if not a lot more. So how did you first, you know, get that money? Because that will be a teaching lesson to someone. Did you save it? Did you get angels, venture capitalists, or, you know, bootstrapped it? Give us the game. A hundred percent self-funded. So um, I learned early in the entrepreneurial space that some, some of your, for me, I'm a serial entrepreneur. So there are um, ventures that I know that are going to take a lot of time, a lot of capital. And then we have our hustles. You know, we have our things that, that are really quick to launch, um, no cost, low cost, that will generate an income for you. So for me, it was really um, a series of, you know, I have a lot. I have about now totally about 23 streams of income. So it was really taking all of my own funding. And it was a cumulative effort because when I, when I, 
uh, when I actually approached the company the first time, it was for the Black Biz Expo, which was in February of 2020. So I initially paid about 46,000 for that platform. And then I asked that it remain open um, because I was going to relaunch it in June. So the, the first expo was in February for Black History Month. And then the second was going to be for Juneteenth. And in between that time is where I reorganized my thoughts around more of a permanent structure. So I went back to the company and said, hey, you know what? Instead of this, I want to kind of tear this whole thing down and create the Black Virtual Mall. The company that I work with, VFairs, they've actually done a case study on me. I'm the very first permanent resident that they've ever had. They host these virtual events for large companies, IBM, AT&T, you know, very large companies. But I'm the first to generate a monthly revenue um, and the first permanent resident that they have. So I went back to them and then I had to add about 31,000 more on top of that for the new, um, the new look, the new changes, the new floors and everything else. So total out in terms of just with the spending with them was about 77,000, not including my custom graphics, my animation, my team, the, you know, data entry and all of that too. So when you throw numbers like that, people say, how do you get that? What are you, a crypto millionaire? Did you just, you know, like give the game on even, you know, when budgeting, because a lot of our businesses, they have big plans, brilliant plans, but the budgeting to start and build your team, give it, I'm trying to give a timeline, like, hey, if I thought, right. you know. So for me, it's, it's been um, COVID, I'm a solutionist. I provide solutions. That's just really at the end of the day, what I explained that every entrepreneur does. And we typically hear a term that says, you know, more money, more problems. But I try to get people to reorganize that around. And the truth of the matter is, if you are solutionists, then more problems, more money, more opportunity to solve problems. And so I've been giving um, free consultation, free advice. I've been here on social media, like I said, that 10 years now. And I've been giving that for free and really honing my skill in on it. So then eventually I did start to charge. Now, the first thing that I, um, I did a lot of side hustles, t-shirts, lock therapy, hair products, you know, just a lot of different hustles. But the first in terms of like, I would say revenue stream that started to get me to this point was I launched a DIY app company. So I had my own app and then I launched um, for a, a company that didn't didn't profit. OK, everything that we do is not profitable. So my very first thing I was really, really working on actually generated no revenue. But there was a lot of sweat equity and I learned a lot from that. And so that I was able to launch my own app when I did start to focus on me as a personal brand. And when I did that, the demand for the apps grew. So I partnered with the company and created my own launched, uh, um, app development company, a DIY sort of a service. Now, initially, I did the apps for people, and then I turned it to a DIY service. Then I launched courses. So there were a lot of courses that I saw. Um, I've done webinars myself that I create, events that I create in digital spaces. So those things brought me in revenue. And um, I'm pretty thrifty. I mean, you know, I save my money. There's not a lot. I have not purchased anything, name brand designer, a vehicle, a car. I haven't taken on any added expenses. What I do is I invest in myself. Um, a friend of mine asked me like, well, what are you gonna do with the stock market, you know, during a pandemic and everything? And to be honest with you, I said, I'm investing in me because I know how these companies work behind the scenes. You don't know what's going on and I know me. So I just literally take my money put it into another venture, basically like a flip, right? So I, I, I'll put some money up, say it's a webinar or something like that. And I invest maybe a thousand dollars and then I sell out and then that's 25,000. Okay, save that, flip that. Creating subscription-based business models is very helpful because with the apps, they pay for them, but then there's a monthly subscription. So I have a subscription revenue um, that comes in monthly from that and just, tearing it and tearing it and tearing it on top and on top and on top. And then eventually, you know, you find yourself at the point where you have a lot of revenue stream coming in and um, you invest. Now I have made investments. I've spent money before that didn't work out, but you know, um, that's just part of the game. That's just the nature of the game. I love it. I always tell the audience and anybody, be my kids, uh, money won't rot. You can save it, you can invest it, and, and then you can see what you can do with it um, right. when the time's right. Now, 
having a black virtual mall, the black virtual mall. I can hear the entrepreneurs now. Well, how do I get on there? But is it also going to cost me money to host? And before you answer that question, let me just say, if you guys aren't on that site while listening to this, because majority of you are listeners, but those of you who are watching, when you look at the mall and you click on a shop, you she does something that many people would not do. She actually lets you go to the company's website. So it takes traffic out. Most people, if they design that site, especially the greedy, would say, nah, you got to stay in. Your site has to be embedded in ours because we don't want you to leave. So give us the game on the thought process. You know, I know you have applications now for new stores, but what is it going to cost someone or how how does that work out since they leave your, your site there? How do you make money? Right, right. So what I did is I examined a lot of our common marketplaces um, and I examined the pain points that the entrepreneurs experienced and expressed about those sites. And I wanted to do something different, right? So one, um, although it's futuristic, you know, I studied the architect who designed the first malls in America and his logic behind that. And so instead of having you land on Mars or Jupiter or something like that in the future, I wanted it to be relative because as we're introducing a new concept, as you know, as entrepreneurs, when something is new, you have that burden of teaching the consumer, which is very heavy. And so for me to lessen that burden, I said, let me give you what you already know. So when you come to the mall and you you land into the lobby, you see movie theater, you see food court. These are things that you already know and understand how to navigate. And so the screen is very intuitive. You simply click the screen and then something happens, right? It takes you somewhere and it, it, you go somewhere. So for me, I wanted to say, okay, let me do something new and refreshing. And how can I also appeal to the vendors and then do what I like to do, which is actually help the vendors. So one, it is a flat fee. It's a flat fee. Unlike a lot of other platforms, I don't um, concern myself with your revenue or what you make. The rent is flat. So if you get a kiosk, a kiosk is 100 a month. That is for more of our artisan, new um, you know, startups and people who have maybe just a few items in their, in their inventory. Then we have our stores. Those are more of our mid-range, you know, where most people are going to fall in between. And then we also have our premium stores, which is for our larger brands, more known brands. We also have the food court where the very first virtual mall to ever have an operating food court. When you click onto the food court, I give you a simple solution. It literally just launches Uber Eats, DoorDash, Caviar, Grubhub, whatever existing app that you have, it's going to just activate that and have you land right on their page. And then you just order food as normal, right? So that way it's fair. Now, for me, I expressed the same thing that you said. I'm glad you noticed that because most people really don't pay attention to the part that you just said. When I, um, I've been to that InvestFest and that was one of the questions I asked people. I said, what's the last thing you bought from Amazon? And then they would tell me. I said, okay, and what's the name of the company? Do you know only two people were able to tell me but that, because it was an intentional brand that they bought from? Other than that, they were like, uh, I don't know. I said, and that's one of the sacrifices that we're making is that you just know Amazon. You don't know the name of that company. So when you exist outside of Amazon, it basically, your business has ended because that transaction starts and ends in Amazon. Whereas because I'm flat fee, I don't care if you make a million dollars. My, I'm getting my flat rent. But what I like is to lessen consumer confusion as well and complaints lobbied at me and to make sure that you know that brand, it takes you to their website. It opens up another screen. So that transaction, that vendor also gets the traffic if they're collecting any data. And so it also allows the vendors to direct traffic to the mall because they're not cutting themselves off. So even when they say, hey, go shop me in the mall, that traffic is still going to land with them. So that's really one of the most appealing things that the vendors like. And they said, no one does this. Everyone, like you said, they lock us in, but it's flat. So why would I, there's nothing that I need to do for that. And you pay for your space uh, a month at a time or just all at once? Like as a, if you pay for the year, is there a discount? How do, how do you work that out? 
It's month to month. There's absolutely no contract. So when the person applies, they pay a deposit. The rent is collected on the seventh of the month. Very intentional because I know a lot of people have a lot of things coming out on the first of the month. So the rent comes out, auto drafts on the seventh of the month. If the person, for whatever reason, forgoes their rent or they do not pay, then we hold the deposit because we're one fourth into the month at that point. Now, if for any reason the person does not want to continue their service with the mall, if they give us a 30 day notice, they get their deposit back. So that deposit is 100 percent refundable. I believe you can be a social capitalist. I believe you can do good and make money. I believe that you do not have to exploit people. I believe you can be fair. You can be equitable. We have a lot of our because um, I did this to help us. Right. This, I mean, let's bottom line. This was to help us. I do catch a lot of flack for serving our people, right? Well, why does it have to be the black mall? Why is it, why aren't you, you know, doing this and doing that? Where, you know, my response is very simple. At the end of the day, in order for us to function globally um, on the global stage, in order for us to work with others, we have to get ourselves together. So I want us to want, as Tyler said, stop begging for a seat at other people's table, build our own table. So then when we do come to the global table, we come with something of value. We're not beggars. We're not um, looking for handouts. So let us situate us first. And I employ, I, I encourage that in anybody. If you want to make um, whatever your nationality or your ethnicity or your group is, Take care of yourself. We all have a right to do that so that we come together as whole parts. So, you know, it's for us. So I have to be fair. I have to be mindful. I always get the question about Oculus glasses. I always get the question about, are you in the metaverse? And, you know, a lot of us jump on trends and I ask people, okay, why would I require a $300 piece of equipment for a person who's simply going to come in and want the convenience of shopping right away? That's an obstacle that I'm not going to present my people with when we have the least disposable income. That's number one. Number two, when people say, well, are you in the metaverse? I say, are you? Then they're like, uh, no. When's the last time you were in the metaverse? Uh, right. And it's just like, I get what you're saying, but I also was here for the dot-com bubble. <laughs> so I know what happens when we do tech, but the customer hasn't acquired the devices needed for mass usage, right? So I know it's coming, but, you know, I'm being practical. I want to make money now, and I want to make money in commonsensical ways. So, you know, it's for us, and um, I'm, very, I'm very proud of what I've done. I'm proud of what you've done, and, and and I love it. Like as somebody who you know has a team for two decades, we design, we do PR, we consult. Um, what you put together is not easy. So you know, we give you your your flowers and all that now. But I would also argue with the people who ask you that question and they don't understand what the metaverse is. All the metaverse mm -hmm. is, is virtual reality experience. You are the metaverse. Right. So asking me that it's almost disrespectful. It's like, if I'm a chef and you say, you know, are you, are, are you cooking or something? I'm cooking. Are you coming to my restaurant though, to support it? That's the thing. Have you even came and took a deep dive or a glance? Yeah. Because when I look at even your food court, I was, in the back of my mind, because I give everything hope, I'll trust everybody to you show me, you know, you ain't trustworthy. Um, even if you're a criminal, you know, just tell me you're a criminal. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm gonna trust you like I would trust a criminal. Yeah, you, you know, hey, it's all good. But when I, when I was going through the food court and the movie theater, at some point, I thought, oh, I'm gonna get stopped and say coming soon or something, and and it don't stop, y'all, like. And, and where I see the future of your food court, there's a, I see a partnership with a company like, unless you want to create it yourself, like goldbelly.com, which can order food nationwide. So yeah, DoorDash is cool. But when I can get my Everton Jones barbecue from Oakland, California, because that's the home team all the way here in Florida, I'm winning. I'm going to be a lot heavier. Oh, I, got, I, have to, I have to write that down. Okay, I'll send it to you too. But goldbelly.com, that you you get food. There are certain restaurants that have signed up. Everett and Jones in Oakland. You're not one of them yet, but I've emailed y'all and told you. Um, 
they can, I, I would just love that you can get your favorite foods, whether it be Oakland, whether it be in New York. Well, they have Red Rooster. You can get Red Rooster in New York. So that's where I see the future of the your food court and it will help 200 pound men like myself. Yeah, you know yeah. when we want our when we want our African food and and the places aren't open locally. Hey, let's order from here and um yeah, go, gold belly. So I see a partnership or some sort of you know that, but also with your movie theaters, talk about licensing because that's not easy to air somebody's movie. So is it all independence? How are you working that? Can we watch um yeah. I, Woman King? Well, no, definitely. What I did too is. The movie theater serves a couple of functions, okay? So it is definitely for independent artists, poets, singers, you know, just for us to be showcased. So it's appealing to, you know, for us, right? Now, there's also another component. Everything that I do and everything that I've done has been very, very well thought out. And I'm applying all 47 years of my time on this planet to this in terms of why my whys for everything. So one of the other questions that I get all the time is sponsorship. You know, they're like, oh, wow, yeah, you know, you can sponsor and have ads and I'm actually ad free. We're ad free. Why? Because remember, I'm about consumer psychology and I've been on social media for a very long time and on the internet. One of the things that I noticed is that we've ruined ads in terms of ads has, has ruined the consumer journey. It is really like taken away if you look at all of the things that start off and they're pure and they're organic, as soon as the businesses start to bombard them with ads, it just takes that experience down. So that's why I want to be ad heavy and I don't want to be regulated either. So what I do is I know businesses do need to advertise. So there's two advertising opportunities. As you know, when you go to the booth, some of the booths, you'll notice a video pops up right away, autoplay. Every vendor has the opportunity to create a welcome video. And that's something that we also need differently as black businesses. Like we're very charismatic. We're very energetic. You know, we're very cultural. Like you need to see us, feel us, experience us. So I love that when you land on someone's booth, instead of it just being product picture, product picture, which, you know, a lot of these startups don't have the best pictures and they don't have the money for that. But what they do is they're able to jump on your screen and say, hey, how you doing? Welcome to my booth. You know, I'm such and such. These are my products. And just give you that warm welcome and that energy to make you then invested in looking into their products. So that's one advertising opportunity. The second is in the movie theater. But you don't get to advertise. You get to info time. See, I also learned from the big boys. The big boys have shown me that people will actually come for information and entertainment. YouTube, Instagram, that's what we all do, right? So let's suppose we have the Kellen show or Kellen has a tax service. Let's just suppose Kellen has a tax service. I don't want Kellen jumping out in front of people when they get to the mall like, hey, I'm Kellen. I have a tax service, you know, coming. Like no one wants that. But what Kellen can do is provide me with about a five minute video and say, hey, Kellen, just come educate consumers on a few things. And Kellen says, hey, you guys, so my name is Kellen, Aroma Tax Service. I'm gonna teach you the five things or the pitfalls to avoid in taxes with your small uh, business, right? Kellen teaches, he drops that information. Now, Kellen can brand that entire video out. He can have on that Kellen banner, that Kellen t-shirt, that Kellen mug, that Kellen picture in the background, and then he can tell you how to get his services. And that, so that's what you're able to do. And it's a better conversion for that. Because a person who went to the mall and saw a video that said top five tax, you know, uh, things to avoid, they clicked that and they wanted that information. Now, all Kellen has to do is show up, be amazing, get them to know him, like him and trust him. And he's going to have a much better conversion. And my consumer has a much better journey. So that's, awesome. you know, that the movie service, the movie theater also services for that. And guess what, Kellen? You can do that for free in the movie theater. I don't charge for that. I just want you to educate my people and I do vet the content. So it has to be something that I feel like is definitely a value and a quality. And if you do that for me, I'll place you in the movie theater for free. That, okay, you guys, just the fact that she's doing that for free and shout out to Ron Bryant, who is at my, my illustrator for our, our books, but he has Gigi on there. Um, and, and, and big shout out to Ron. I'm overdue for another book. Or, but 
you know, you're doing that for free, but you're also charging people month to month, which if people, and I, and I, I might even talk to you later on about this, but to set somebody up in a store and then to take them down for that price, you're not even paying for the, the, the graphics person, for the software people. You're really going for sainthood when you do something like that. So you guys make sure you tell CNN and you can tell the Vatican, even though she may not be Catholic, that, you know, she she going for sainthood. Um, and we and do, not, and we do yeah. everything too, Kellen. It's white glove service. When you apply, you don't have to provide us with any logos, any graphics. You don't have to do anything. We do everything. We literally go to your website and then we obtain your graphics from your website, whether that's right click or screenshot. And then we take all of the information you have listed in your about us section, all of your hyperlinks, we import all of that for you. All you do is apply. Once you're approved, you pay your deposit. And on the first, your store is open and ready to go. You don't do anything. If you need anything edited, if you need something corrected, we handle all of that. The floor managers take care of all of that. So I don't want you focusing on learning how to build a booth in a mall. I want you to focus on your business. So we do that and then you do what you do. And, you know, like you said, it's month to month and we've had, we've given out plenty of hardship waivers, you know, where people are saying, hey, sis, this month, I just don't have it. You know, where we waive you and we keep you in the mall, we don't take you down. Like we really, there's a lot of stores that we've left in, you know, for a fair amount of time, especially when the floods happened in Louisiana. All of our Louisiana people got 90 day waivers, you know, and things like that so that they could get their businesses back on track. So, um, yeah, in terms of being fair and decent and equitable, this was a solution. This this was born out of love. This was born out of care and concern. And um, I'm going to keep it that way. Now, I can hear somebody saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to give this a try. I, I hear, I hear, sis, I hear her saying this, but how much traffic is coming to the mall so I can kind of see if I can make my return on investment, you know, and, and every business is different and how people, you know, search the site, but that's our job too, to share interviews like this and others that you have done. So more of us know, but what is, you know, what is how much traffic is coming right now and are you seeing that most of your entrepreneurs are at least breaking even how is that working yes yeah, so what we've done in terms of traffic now the first year out as you know as a black owned business especially in something in tech and new and innovative i i didn't create a business i created a system and so when you do that regardless of how much beta testing you do and you're familiar with the system there are still things that you're going to learn because you're creating this out of theory. And then once the user has it in their hands, you have to really understand, you know, where there's nuances, where there's obstacles, where there's issues. So for the first year, I knew that I needed to put this in their hands, let them play with it, tinker it, put it under stress, put it under rest, put it under holiday traffic, you know, make adjustments and make sure that everything works. So I didn't use all of my money for marketing and turn. Instead, I decided to spend a little bit on marketing but more so hand out discounts to my vendors if so needed. That was one. Number two, I knew I also needed to create a conversation. So by it being the first black virtual mall, we landed in Forbes, we landed in Essence, we landed in Black Enterprise, we landed, you know, just because that th those are the conversation pieces, right? On the Roland Martin show and, you know, because it was a, it's a conversation. So we got a lot of organic exposure, which I'm grateful for. Another thing that I do, which is at the advice of a lot of people don't understand this part, especially because it's virtual, I limit how many stores can be in the mall to 500 because I want you to be seen. Like none of us go past the third page of Google. Let's be real. So I want to make sure that my audience doesn't get swipe fatigue. So I limit not only how many stores are in the mall, I limit how many stores are on each floor and I limit the amount of stores that are in each industry. So you can apply and qualify, but if we already have 15 CMOS companies, 10 CMOS companies, I'm not gonna overload that industry. I want it to be equitable. So we wanted to make sure one, that when that traffic arrives, you're able to best utilize it by high exposure and high visibility. So far we have 94,000 unique 
visits to our booths. And when you're averaging that out over on average, we've had about 300 booths at a time. We have 1700 applications. We have about 300 in the store. That's a lot of traffic, you know, per store. So for a lot of people, because it's so limited, unlike if you go to Amazon, there's 9 million vendors. Yes, they have a ton of traffic, but look at that level of competition in terms of visibility. And it's a pay to play system. We don't do pay to play. You can't position yourself at the front. So one of our, uh, our kiosks in our stores, they have the infinite sort of swipe feature, whereas the premium has the aerial. But what we do to democratize it is if you're in the front of the kiosk floor, say floor two, and your booth's in the front this month. Next month, we're going to play musical chairs. We're going to take you and put you at the back. We're going to take that person that was in the back and put them in the front. And that person that's in the front is going to get in the middle. So that way, we're still making sure that everyone is getting their fair share of visibility. That is So there's a lot of thought into, you know, to making sure you're seen. It's not oversaturated. It's not overcrowded. And, you know, to do our part for because we can't compete with the Amazon numbers, of course. You know what I mean? But for the people who are there, they're intentionally shopping black. That's another thing. They're literally coming because so you get really good conversions on sales because they're there on purpose. Well, when talking about shopping black, you know, there's so many different sites now and directories, even just for black owned stuff. Some of it is all regional. I know Houston has the black store um, or yeah, and they buy everything black, but there's so much black product. Are you finding, I mean, you got, you have a, a good, great number of stores there, but are you finding that, you know, when we want overpriced detergent and we buy the black one, um, that those companies know about you yet and have, you know, been able to take time to say, let me set this up. Or do we still have a long ways to go? Us as the customers, us as, you know, media people, do we need to like knock on doors for you and say, hey. Yes, yes, we definitely, yes, we definitely, like this is our first year. July 7th mm -hmm. was our one year anniversary. And again, for me, I had to make sure that all my nuts and bolts were secure before I go pushing this in front of, you know, audiences of millions and millions of people. Because again, all I need to happen is, oh, it crashed, oh, it doesn't work. I never get that second chance. So I've watched, I learned from other people. I learned from other people's mistakes, you know? So I've stress test this where typically the application process goes like this. From the 1st to the 14th, we review applications. On the 15th, we, we send out the um, approval letters. You have from the 15th to the 21st to pay your deposit. And then from the 21st to the 30th or the 31st, you're built and on the first you're live. That's the, the normal cycle. But I've actually had my team do same day approvals. Like when we did InvestFest, the people who paid on Friday were in on Tuesday. So we have this down pack. We've done that virtually also where we made sure that one, we can accommodate the people, the system works and everything. So now I wanted to make sure you guys have something stable and reliable before you actually go promoting a product. Because there's nothing like you're promoting something, they're coming back to you like, hey, that didn't work or you know what I mean? This was this. I, I want people to be proud of me. Like I don't, I don't feel that my people have an obligation to um, endorse me or support me simply because I'm black. I want you to support me because I'm great. I want you to support me because I created something that deserves recognition. So for me, it's not enough to just, hey, I'm black, support me. I earn, I will earn your support. I will earn your promotion. I will earn your, um, you know, lending your voice to our exposure. And that's what I've done, even down to the businesses that we vet to make sure that they're of quality and that you have a lot of diversity and options as well from pet food to you know all kinds of things we wanted to make sure that every um possible need or want that you have that we find that someone can service it especially things that are obscure we're providing as well so we don't want to be known as just like oh and you know I, i'm just being honest stereotypical oh it's black owned it's going to be full of shea butter and moss and you know no that's i didn't want that we're black owned but guess what we are very innovative and very solution oriented and so 
we're doing that. And we've also added service providers. So if they do provide services like web design and things that are nation, you know, they, they have virtual services, we've added them as well. I love it. And, and, you know, if the audience doesn't understand to deal with everybody in your community, it don't matter if you black, Chinese, whatever, it's not easy when you have the mission of we, because here you are, you know, we see it, especially on the, the media side, you do an interview with somebody and they do something wrong. Everybody is guilty. And it's like, yes. you're trying to, you know, and it's different if somebody's flat out just scamming and you shaking your head, uh-huh, uh-huh. Some people should never get financial advice. I know these influencers. Some of them really you shouldn't listen to because they live with their mammy or they live in a you know little box and and and, and that's their choice. You get to choose how you want to live, but financially they're just not they're not qualified investors. They have no background in finance. If someone doesn't, you might want to say uh tira la puerta, you know, because they don't know y'all no say they don't know what they're talking about. But but, you know, you are, are really, I say, doing the, that's the Lord's work for real. And I should have started with this question as much as you're doing. But um, what is a community give back that you haven't mentioned because you're doing a lot that you are doing or that you'd like to do in the future? One of the things, this is the thing I'm most proud of. Oh, I was so excited. I designed this for myself, the, the graphics for it. And that is our Kidpreneur Floor. All of our kidpreneurs that are 18 and under, they're free. They are free in the Black Virtual Mall. I am so proud. When I tell you I spend time with business owners and entrepreneurs and adults a lot, these kids, um, what did Frederick Douglass say? It's, it's easier to um, build strong children than to prepare broken men. Our children are really leading the charge on entrepreneurship. They are doing some phenomenal work. These kids have come up with solutions. Um, there's one young lady that I love, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm a concept learner, so names sometimes I'm not that good with, but she has created, um, she created a period panty that um, it's for women on their menstrual cycle, of course, and young girls with a built-in heating pad in the front and a remote control. Like what? Like what? So I've been on this planet all this time. No one's thought of this, right? And you have this young woman who's only 13 years old doing this. We have Team Tech Boy, right? Who's providing. We have Zoe who has um, the coding book for kids. You know, there, there's just so many things that these kids are doing. So for me, that was critical. Um, I want to eventually launch the Kidpreneur Mall where the mall has a little bit different theme, you know, um, put in an arcade with black uh, app developers and, you know, things like that for the kids. And so this is my segue into it because I don't just have the Black Virtual Mall, I also have the Black Virtual Convention Center. So you can host your large events and things like that for 10 days in there. You can put in your own vendors, you can charge them and, you know, things like that. So I have a lot. And I have to edit myself down. So between the app company and then that, and I have shop at conundrum and then I have sell at conundrum, uh, shop at conundrum sellers. And so I have so much that I do have to, you know, kind of say, okay, you got to focus, you know, um, just because you can do everything doesn't mean you should, especially not all at once. But that really was the key for me. Um, working with the Juneteenth Festival here in New York and placing them in the convention center for free. That was another thing um, in terms of, you know, community give back. And we'll be working with them again next year. So those are some of the things that we do as well. Um, and then we also post our vendors every day on um, our page, you know, to our stories. We're going to start doing interviews so you can meet the merchants with uh, TVVM TV, where we'll actually be interviewing some of our merchants. So you can get their origin stories. You know, you can get to know them a little bit more. So again, you can get that, that great welcome and then you can find a reason to really want to look more into their products and services. What's that period panty's name? Oh God, okay. Uh, you, you go ahead and I'm, 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 I'll grab my phone out and I'll get it right now. Yeah, 
Yeah, and you can definitely, you know, if you don't find it, you can send it to me. But that sounds like something for Shark Tank, Lions Den. That just sounds like something. I mean, you know, I know there's some guys. I can hear the haters sometimes. Like, I'm not trying to hear about no period. Well, hold on. You, you know, a lot of you guys like women physically, but y'all don't want to deal with the ins and outs of what is going to happen, and especially if you have daughters. I have daughters, LondonAndSydney.com. That's their website. And I'm definitely going to share this with them. So, y yeah, you, you, you don't want to hear about it, but you need to hear about it because that's why you're here. If not for that, <laughs> you wouldn't be here. So we're going to get that in. And to be that young and tackle something like that, you know, where with young women, that's a very sensitive topic and, you know, and things like that. So that's just courageous in of itself to, you know, to have that conversation. Um, and I'll have to give, I'll give you her name um, offline because I can't find it. I have like a million and one DMs. Um, gotcha. But, you know, for, for that, so for, for me, I was just, I'm so proud of her. Um, and she actually won a free app. That's another thing that I do kind of often is um, give free apps uh, to a lot of the vendors and different people. I just did a raffle the other day uh, for a free app as well. And there's a young woman um, who just won and she's doing a health, health, uh, mental health based app um, as well. So those are some of the things that I do. Um, I'm constantly giving away free courses, um, free calls, free strategy sessions, you know, and things like that, too. That that's awesome. I, and and anybody listening, just because you heard it was free here, uh, you can also pay. You can give up just like you would pay the Red Cross or the church or what, wherever you choose to give the bar. Some of y'all is the club. Um, you know, just because it is for free doesn't mean you can't tip. Um, oh, I do. Charge, I charge, but there, I do okay. give now. I do giveaways, but yes. Uh -huh. Okay. You. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I just got, you know, okay. And what they'll say, they'll say, Hey, I, Kellen said, they'll be talking about this interview, but they'll say, Kellen, I said, Kellen didn't say that. Cause <laughs> Kellen surely has an invoice for you to talk. And, and, you know, uh, <laughs> so no, I, I love it. I love it. And I could go on and on and, and ask questions, but because I know where I want a future interview for you to be, I want to be able to leave some questions awesome. for, you know, the, the, the next person. But it, I mean, this is amazing. It's, let me ask you this though. Are you even open to venture capital? Cause, um, I can already hear one of my funds say, Kellen, who was that again? And what's her deal? You know, they like to come in on the on the slide. Yeah, I'm talking about y'all, but yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, um, I will say for anyone who's interested, we were profitable before we were open. Um, just on the pre the pre um rentals. So we've been profitable every day, um, you know, from, from day one. And so um, in terms of venture capital, you know, and funding and things of that nature, it would have to be someone who has my same vision, my same moral compass, my same intention for our people. It would have to be someone who definitely um, is a strategic partner um, I do have a vision, I do have an understanding, but I do understand my SWAT. So someone who has a keen sense on marketing um, would be very valuable. Someone who um, also is used to, I would say, partnering with um, larger, larger corporations and things like that, that would be fantastic. Um, but yeah, it would, it would I, I've turned down a lot. I've turned down a lot of opportunities because there are certain things that I'm just not going to waver on. Some of those things being the price of the rent. Some of the things being uh, you can have 1,500 stores in here. You can have 2,000 stores in here. Um, some of the things being where you can have ads and you could, those are just things that I see the vision and I see where um, I'm doing something very different. So um, I know it doesn't make sense to you today, but trust me in a minute, as you see people are moving and having to pivot, you will see a lot of the solutions that I'm providing. You'll say, wow, that's making more sense now. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm, I'm open 
the partner would have to be an, an amazing dynamic individual. I will say that. Okay. So that, that lets you guys who, you know, especially those who they think, Oh, I give them a billion dollars for this. And then I can turn it into the uh, swap mall. And then they'll put, <laughs> the, they'll, put, they'll put the S with the dollar sign and then spell WAP and, and, and then have the hoochie right. daddy shorts in the front with the AI rapper capital records just dropped after signing them, you know, and that's us mm -hmm. of course. Right. Um, that's all of us with some hoochie daddy shorts. <laughs> No, 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 no. And, and, and some gold whole teeth song now too for it it's a song <laughs> there's a theme song right and you saw the rapper he just he just got dropped uh yeah so that was that was quick yeah. um i heard that he's actually been around for a couple of years you know it just had really sparked more attention but yeah that 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 story was something else uh yeah yeah but you so know for me that's, yeah I don't, I, i'm not looking to be a, a, a walking nascar um, you know, so, and, and like I said, the things that I'm doing in terms of the customer journey and things like that, it's just like, you know, those are things that are very thoughtful and intentional as well, because I'm, I'm really into retention, you know, um, co consumer acquisition is one thing and it's, you know, but it's retention and return that, um, that's really at my, my priority. Definitely. Definitely. I, I love it. The vision and where it can go and, you know, just, um, we need it. Let there be another shutdown. You know, people are going to need more and more. And, and we're going into a place where, I mean, we're ordering everything from our phone daily, which if you do people go again, you guys know, I always got to put Africa in it. You go to Africa, everyone's not ordering something weekly and having it delivered, even though Jumia is out there and Amazon services, depending on the country can get there. It's not a normal thing. I just ordered a pool door screen door handle, you know, cause I didn't want to go to the store. That's not, that's very American, <laughs> you right. know, you know, it's very, so I can just see the future. Is this something because of your connection with uh, the King of Malawi? Um, I'm putting some Maggie on it, so don't bother her for a loan either. But is it, are you looking at Africa or any of the 54 countries to kind of maybe beta test this in the next five years? Yeah, I, would, I would definitely love to replicate something like this um, for Africa. Right now, we, we don't limit if you are an African vendor, you, as long as you ship and you deliver, you know, it doesn't matter where you're located. Um, and like you said, in terms of, of, of there being another shutdown, there's other threats that are looming that people are not considering. Um, just last month, over a third of brick and mortar retailers could not pay their rent. So this is a record breaking month um, in the last year that, so you are going to see a lot of people who are actually closing. Um, so, you know, you still have the fear of people not wanting to go out or whatever, but really it's really going to be a lot of, um, of the commercial spaces that you're going to find now um, where people are moving out of. They simply can't afford the rent. They're backlogged on their rent. The owners of the buildings are backlogged on their rent, right? So you may be a tenant who has paid rent, but what a lot of tenants are now starting to see is that say, you know, 60% of the people weren't paying rent during COVID and now the owner has gone into foreclosure. And so for that reason, and also just personally not being able to pay your rent, there's going, to a lot of, there's going to be a lot of people who are now finding themselves having to grow heavier on e-commerce. And then you have things that are other threats that people don't really know about. I've, I've kind of talked about it, but for example, Amazon aggregators, these are people who have worked for Amazon maybe 10, 15 years. And what they've done is they've secured capital to kind of create for themselves a, a mini Unilever. They're going around getting the mom and pop shops in Amazon that do pretty well, maybe have a million dollars in sales. They're acquiring these businesses and then they're using their Amazon expertise and connections to 15X these businesses. So now, whereas you already have the um, your, your Amazon normal tenant, you have Amazon to compete with on Amazon, who gathers your data and positions themselves, right? How to best benefit them. But now, and you have the, the Titans on Amazon, 
and the big brands that are now on Amazon, you also have the Amazon aggregators. And they're very open to tell you like, listen, who do you think is going to get Amazon on the phone? Who do you, you think is going to get that placement? Because they are now forming these monoliths, these huge you know, entities, and they're having seven to 25 brands under their, their belt. So this e-commerce lane is going to, one, get more competitive, right? Rent is, is, is competing with your pockets. So you're going to have to find a way to get as much visibility in this e-commerce world as possible. And that's why something like the mall or the concept of the mall makes so much sense to me because that's what the mall did for small businesses. A lot of small businesses would have never been franchises if it were not, you know, for the, the malls and the visibility that they got there. It's funny you say that. I had a, a product, it's the only Amazon product we've ever not been able to get ungated because they own, Amazon only wanted one on there and even hired a former Amazon employee because we lived in Seattle at the time. So I definitely feel you on that. Um, say that term again and um, even spell it out Amazon, so people can- The aggregators? No, the, the mini muni lever- Oh, oh, I said they're they're trying to be a mini Unilever. So you have P&G and you have Unilever and, you know, you guys may be familiar with those brands, but you may not know that literally 75% of the products in your home are under the umbrella of P&G or Unilever. When you look, they own everything from bath products to food products to health products to um, pharmaceutical products, like just about anything. And if you look on the back of a lot of your items, you know, you'll see that little Unilever symbol. They're not really brash about it. And they even own competitive brands, things that you think are competing with each other. They own those as well. So these are, um, if you look into the history of Unilever and um, P&G and, you know, you'll see like how large these companies are. And so that's what a lot of people are doing is like, I said, they're trying to be their own little mini version of that by becoming this umbrella brand. And, you know, they're not even rebranding the companies. They're keeping the community, the tribe, the aesthetics. For the most part, you don't even know that it's been taken over. And a lot of times they even leave the uh, owners on as consultants. You know, they give them a salary. So for the forward facing for the customer, you don't see a change, but now they're a part of a large system. You know, it's kind of like joining a record label. You know what I mean? They're a part of this, this large system that is going to propel them and push them forward. So if you are just a solo person, you know, on Amazon and everything, that's going to get very, very hard for you very, very soon. You know, um, there's a lot of other people who are changing their policies, Etsy, and sellers are seeing increases in fees and, you know, all kinds of things. I pay attention to that um, I'm trying to make sure that I provide a solution for a, a healthy alternative, you know. So for where we lack, I'm trying to make sure that we're giving you, you know, um, other things that are beneficial. Well, if you have in the future or even when we get off this call, um for those companies that are doing that, you know, Unilever's stock right now is at $46. If I can get with the next one, it's going to be at, you know, before it hits a dollar or even at two, uh, we can all celebrate and say, thank you again for your sainthood. Last question to be respectful of the time. And again, to leave questions for others, but I have to ask, and I actually sent you in your DM while we were talking um, an example of another site that I've had as a guest, but people, some of their favorite things to do as kids to go to the mall was to be able to communicate. And when I look at your mall, I also see this is roadblocks if she wanted to be where people could actually talk to each other. Oh, you're buying this, this and that. Like, is, is there any interest of doing something like that? Yeah, so the company that I work, work with, they have rolled out, they roll out different features. Like since I've been with them um, over the years, there's different features and so that spatial audio is one um, where you're able to, just like we're talking right now, 
you would actually be able to talk to in the Black Virtual Convention Center. There is a VIP room where I actually do provide that. So I have an upgraded experience that when you want to say meta, you actually dress your avatar, you're walking, you have your positioning, your point of view, you run, you jump, you do obstacle courses, there's spatial audio. So I have all of those as features, you know, for the for the um the upgraded experience over there. For here, I try to sort of not overwhelm the person, right? Where it's like, oh, I, I just want to shop. Because I tell people all the time, the single solitary disruptor in business, past, present, or future, is convenience. Contrary to what we think, we don't want a menu with 100 items. Contrary to what we think, our brain does not like that. Our brain literally needs structure and it needs less options. When you overwhelm people, they actually become more reluctant. You know, So what I wanted is people to come in and there's ease. And that's why everything is like click and just click there and just click there, right? So we'll roll out a small audio or a little chat box, you know, where people can kind of conversate with each other um, sometimes in, in, in the future. Or, but we do have a space, we have a meeting room that people can actually go and have video conferences um, if they want to maybe do a product review or a product launch or do some market testing. They can do that in the meeting room and it's video and audio there, just like how we're talking now. I love it. And I always think about, I tell my kids, I say in roadblocks, make me a some characters. And I even see like, and I could see it in your metaverse of, you know, the black Peloton where we don't have Tunde, but we have Unde and, you know, uh, <laughs> and we have Bob and love and, and, you know, I, I just, I, I just take everybody's name. Mix that's it for, the, that's for the black virtual fitness center where you have all trainers and instead of a movie theater, you have a gymnasium and instead of the food court, you would actually have like a cafeteria. See, I have, this is not just a business, it's a business model. So I have several iterations of this that I can do from legal to beauty based to fitness based to education. There's this is a model, right? So no, it will not be my last. Um, I am now a virtual commercial property developer. So this is my um, first one, and the the convention center is my second developed property, and I will be developing more properties in niche markets as well. You guys, the game is real. The next thing for you to do, and it's free to do, is to share this game. You got it for free. At least you could share it and get on it before it becomes, you know, I remember telling y'all about, you know, certain alternative currencies decades ago. Oh, that's crazy. That's for the criminals. This ain't for the criminals. This is for the community. It should make sense to you, and it should be nothing to share it. It will change somebody's life. Y'all be blessed. Hi, everyone. Have you ever been curious about visiting Africa? Which African country were you interested in? Kenya, Nigeria, Uganda, South Africa, Ethiopia? Which country are you interested in? My good friend, Kellen Cash Coleman, came up with a course called My First Trip to Africa that'll guide you through this process. It's only $20, and in this course, you'll learn about passports, visas, vaccinations that you need before you go there, as well as a budget, uh, how much the trip is gonna cost. He also talks about what you should pack, uh, what you should take with you, how you should travel on a budget. Did you know that 100 US dollars is worth a 1,000 South African rand and over 10,000 Kenyan shillings? So imagine what you can do with $100 back home. I say back home because I'm from Sudan, I'm African, I already know how it's like. I know that, you know, when you convert Canadian and American money, it goes a long way when you're traveling across Africa. So if you're curious, um, if, if Africa is a place that you've always wanted to go, always want to move there, Kellen Cash is the person to ask. Check out the course. There's a little preview you can listen to um, before you actually purchase it. If you're interested in this course, visit www.diversifiedgame.com. Don't miss out. Hey family, on November 20th through December 1st, 2022, we will have the all-inclusive Kenya trip. Now, a lot of times people have said, hey, Phil, when's the next trip we'd like to go? I want to see Africa for myself, but this is the time to go. Everything will be taken care of. All the excursions are paid. You can do monthly payments. You know, they'll have a safari and a six city tour. You will see 
Charlie Island, which is something that we did not see last time on the tour. This tour will be 12 days instead of seven days. So make sure to secure your place on the trip by going to www.wbsvs.com, make your deposit, and then you can start making your payments and we'll see you in Kenya. Are you tired of the rat race in America? Are you ready to visit the motherland to relax and rejuvenate? Are you ready to explore all that Africa has to offer? Then check out the brand new Diversified Game Academy course, Prepare for My First Trip to Africa. Are you worried about being able to afford the trip? We got you. We will show you how to travel either on a budget or as a baller. Learn how to stress the value of the USD. Did you know that 100 United States dollars is worth over 1,000 South African rand or 10,000 Kenyan shillings? or 54,250 West African CFA. Are you worried about taking your kids? Get the game from Kellen Cash, a bona fide world traveler, having traveled to almost 20 countries, several of those in Africa. Get the game on taking your kids on their first trips. Learn how to find the best tickets, get the visas, and plan your own adventures in Africa. Don't let Eddie Murphy have all the fun. Plan your own coming to Africa trip starring you, produced by you, and featuring you. If you are ready for a life-changing experience, sign up for our course today, Diversified Game Academy. Get prepared and purchase at DiversifiedGame.com. 